our places, our people. These are our stories. Welcome to our podcast series, Our Stories. These are the stories behind the names of, well, iconic businesses, and in this case, an iconic landmark, the heritage-listed Empire Theatre on Neal Street. It is just magnificent, but it well, may not have ended up what we know it today if it hadn't have been for a group of people about uh, a quarter of a century ago. We'll get to that in just a moment because joining me to talk about uh, the Empire Theatre's magnificent history is uh, the general manager for the past 25 years in Kerry Saul. And sadly, eh, very soon we're saying goodbye to Kerry. But right now I say good morning. How are uh, you, mate? Good morning, Lee. What a wonderful job you've done over the last, uh, as I say, a quarter of a century. It's been absolutely brilliant. It's obviously been a, a very big part of your life, and uh, and we'll get to that in in a few minutes. But let's talk about the history of this iconic building, because and and as we do this podcast, I'll just tell people that Kerry is looking directly at the facade of the Empire Theatre. We're on the fifth floor of the Ventia building in Russell Street, and uh, one of the wonderful things I get to look out at is the Empire Theatre, and uh, where you're sitting there, you've got the most beautiful view of the Empire Theatre. It still takes your breath away, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, and uh, and I have been on the roof a couple of times. Um <laughs> I have only been the manager since um, for 12 years. 12 but, years? Uh, yeah. Uh, but I have been there since we reopened since in 1997. Re- yes. yes. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about where it, where it begins because this building, when was it when was it first actually built? When was the Empire Theatre first? When was there something constructed there in Neil Street? The Empire Theatre was built in 1911. Uh, and uh, it was built by a group of private businessmen. It wasn't a government building or anything like that to uh, show silent movies. Okay. I understand there was one up in Margaret Street that was doing pretty well up towards the park. And these guys decided that uh, they could make a dollar or a pound at the time and uh, and, and built the empire. E.G. E.J. Carroll, one of the original Birch Carroll and Coyle, apparently had something to yeah, do with it. Yeah, those guys, um, I don't know whether they were right at the start, but Birch and yeah. Carroll were involved. They were, we've got some old paperwork where they were on the board wow. of, of the organisation that ran the Empire Theatre. And, of course, it uh, it went for a long time. The talkies arrived. I yes. think Four Gold Radio, I understand, started in the Empire Theatre up upstairs on that top level. And, um, and then in 1933, uh, it burnt down in February of 1933. So wow. a massive fire, which uh, there are actual video recordings of or recordings of it burning in the National Archives. So you can you can actually have a look. And only the walls were left standing. Goodness me. One of the other things that I think is great too, because quite often you see these iconic local buildings and then it's attributed to an architect that came from overseas or from Sydney or Melbourne, but, but it was actually designed by George Lane, who was working for a local Toowoomba architect, James Marks. That's right. So that's a wonderful thing that it was designed by somebody living here in the city. Absolutely. That, Absolutely. Is, that is really great. All right. So uh, 1933 and it burns down. Uh, do they build rebuild again straight away? Very straight away. Uh, burnt down in February and reopened 10 months later in November. Hard to believe that you could actually do that. And in today's world, that would take you years. Gorgeous. Uh, so um, when it did get rebuilt, it got rebuilt in an Art Deco style. The original mm-hmm. walls are still there. So when you're inside the theatre, the yes. brick walls that you see are the 1911 brick walls. And they brought some steel up from Sydney by boat to uh, put a really, really big beam in to hold the balcony. 
and uh, it goes across the whole theatre, which is why there's no columns downstairs like there are in so many older theatres. Wow. Now, are you aware of the uh, association with our radio station here? Of course, Triple M, formerly 4GR, and GR is Gold Radio. Edward Gold, he had a bit to do with that when the rebuild happened in the 30s. I understand he did. Yeah. And uh, we've had a little bit of gear brought back to us over the years, and we kind of go, well, we don't know what to do with this, so we put it in a cupboard. But uh, <laughs> it's been it's wonderful that it is an icon of the city. Oh, and, yeah. um, and obviously... Um, that arts and, and creativity that comes from the style of thing that the Empire has been able to produce over the years is, is wonderful. He had a lot to do with you, the, the theatre's chief electrician, and of course he founded uh, our radio station, 4GR, and uh, he had a lot to do with the, uh, you know, the lighting and the way that things would look and all of that sort of stuff, uh, apparently, uh, which uh, you know, made it a, a spectacular place inside and outside. So this is now in the 30s and, and people were going along to see the likes of Greta Garbo and Clark Gable films and Flash Gordon series and all that sort of stuff. And then, of course, we get into the 40s and there and World War II. Uh, how does uh, the theatre hold up during that time? Well, of course, nothing got, uh, nothing happened in Toowoomba, but uh, I believe after the bombing in Darwin, uh, the uh, owners of the theatre at the time decided the, the bomber light, which is what we call the large lighting fixture that's in the roof of the of the current theatre, um, which is a replica, was originally made of glass. And they decided that they should remove it just in case. So wow. it got taken down. And um, my understanding from Kevin Walters, who is a, a now gone but was a friend of the theatre, um, was it went out the back and it was sitting out beside the building and the boys in town used to use it for Shanghai practice. <laughs> so there was nothing left of it. <laughs> oh, dear. So what we've got now is a replica. Yes, it is. But it is the same okay. as what it, what it was. But uh, these days it's got lovely LED lighting to keep the, uh, the energy usage down. All right. Now, there was at one stage a proper cinema screen there, uh, I believe, in the in the fifties, a cinemascope screen was installed. Oh yes, yeah. It was a it was a theatre as uh, it was a cinema and theatre. Yes. It actually had in thirty three when they rebuilt it, um, it had a full fly tower. Um, so it was a timber tower that went up, just like the big box at the back of the theatre these days. And um, but so it was primarily used for for cinema, and I believe um, we we hear stories of. Um, of Saturdays when there would be people lined up in twos all the way back down to Margaret Street waiting to get in to see the new newsreels and the comedies on, on a Saturday afternoon. Goodness me, that is absolutely fantastic. Then, of course, you go into the 60s and, and television is on the increase and people are staying home and all of that sort of thing. So they, they decided to stop screening movies. And I believe the last movie was screened uh, on the 1st of April, 1971. Uh, so from there on, it just reverts to the theatre that we know today. Well, from there on, it pretty much stopped. Okay, so this so, is where the story really yes. gets interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Because it was sold two years later, 1973, uh, to uh, to a couple of local businessmen. And uh, then eventually, by the middle of that decade, it ends up in Queensland government hands. That's correct, yes. So uh, the place basically shut because there was no patrons any longer, um, because of TV, as you say. Mm. And um, and I believe there was a, a Walton's department store in there for a little while. Wow. Uh, there's been a gym. We've seen a few pictures of that. Yes. And, and then it went into um, Queensland government and, of course, TAFE. And and TAFE used to use it for their students to build things and uh, that sort of thing. They never removed the um, seats from the balcony. Uh, and uh, so that 
over the years from the 70s on, for 27, 25 years before that was work started again, it became quite the pigeon roost. So uh, it was a pretty much messy space. So were you here in the city at that time when, no. when this happened? No. And obviously me neither. I didn't come here until 2001. But, you know, I've spoken to the likes of Graham Healy, who has fond memories. Uh, obviously the Gladstone Hotel, as we look out, is, is sort of just out our window as well, what would have been the old Gladstone. And he grew up there, uh, you know, as his grandparents and parents ran that. And uh, and he talks about the dilapidation of this once loved building and the fact that it, it sort of it, it was becoming a bit of an eyesore and there was some talk that maybe it just gets torn down like everything else old and something new gets built there. Well, there's a whole story with that, isn't there? Um, and um, luckily none of that happened. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the building was getting old and, yep. and, uh, and it wasn't being maintained and TAFE stopped using it. And I, I think that was the that period, which was, you know, quite a long time, 25 years, where, where there was just nothing from, from what it was, its original purpose was, there was nothing yep. being used in, in that way. And, um, and of course, the, that point when the council decided that City Theatre wasn't big enough. Yes. And this is slightly before my time, um, but I imagine in the early 90s, and there was a fairly good conversation about whether the Empire Theatre was what they should have yeah. um, or a concrete block building beside the city council. And yeah. um, and it became quite a political football uh, going into 1997 when, or sort of, yeah, 1997, before the theatre opened, but it had it right. been established. And um, the go-ahead was on a, a single vote in council. Uh, and Mayor Ross Miller at the time, um, you know, who had the foresight to actually push the line. And there were plenty of people assisting him. It wasn't just Ross, but... Yep. Um, there were but I'd imagine locals. there would have been others that would have said, oh. well, what do we want to spend our money on this thing for? You know, I mean, there had to have been some, you know, backlash to that. I, I suppose, like at the time, it was $13 million. Uh, and I think to, to refit it and, you know, I think the uh, the election may have been fought over that, this is a waste of money, and, and yeah. but also at the time they were paying off the dams and paying off Milne Bay, uh, so there was a fairly high level of expense in council. Right. Um, pretty much the um, the council lost their jobs, uh, or the or the elected officers mostly lost their jobs. I think except for perhaps Peter Wood and maybe Joe Ramia. Um and that was quite unfortunate, but because that made it quite tough when we first opened the theatre. Right. Uh, but it was the right choice. And, yes. And, and as much as $13.8 million in those days seems a lot of money, it yeah. really wasn't. And it would have cost close to the same to build a concrete block thing that, you know, there's no way that our city would be um, having the same outcomes for the arts and for no. entertainment if that had happened. Oh, goodness, no.